Hello and welcome to the Aftershock Center podcast with Martin and Travis. Hi. Yeah. Hi. How are you? It's good to see you or, or hear your voice. It's good to see your voice too. It's good to hear your eyeballs. Today we have two books to discuss. We will be talking about Disaster Inc. number one from last week and we will talk about Join the Future number three from this week. Uh, I'm pretty sure we just talked about Join the Future. Is that because we were oh because we were delayed? Okay, that's why. I think we were a little bit late. With yeah, yeah, Join yeah. The Future. We were like a week or two behind on that, but it's definitely it feels like we just talked about it. I'm pretty Chalk sure we talked about the it. Lockdown. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we talked about it last episode. I have no idea what's going on with time right now. Well, that's because time doesn't exist, Travis. We've gone over this before, and you don't listen. Thank you, Carl Sagan. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if there's any news going on. I don't know anything. I know Joe's doing like a, a Facebook live stream with uh, Garth Ennis on Saturday. So oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw that. I'm pretty sure that's Saturday. So go check out the Aftershock Comics website. I'm sure there's uh, there's a little tidbit of information on that place. I don't do Facebook, so I don't know. I'm very mad that if this is a Facebook-only thing, they better be uh, showing it on the YouTubes. Yeah, I'm off Facebook, too. Uh, that's uh, unfortunate. I don't know. Was, maybe they're going after the older demo or something? I, You know. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, Zuck is giving them a little kickback or something. <laughs> Is that true? You just, you just I, made I, that up, didn't you? I, I mean, I cannot confirm or deny. I mean, it seems legit to me. Breaking news! Yo, Zuck, if you want to throw us some money at the Aftershock Central Podcasts, I'm not above Facebook blood money. Uh, I am. Mm. Mm. Speaking of blood money, let's get right into it. Disaster Inc., number one, Joe Harris, Sebastian Paris, Carlos Mengual. Uh, I love the art in this book. Mm-hmm. The art is fantastic. I am not familiar. And the colors. Yeah, and the colors too. I'm not familiar with uh, this art team, but we had a pre-show discussion about Joe Harris. Uh, I'm glad we had that because I thought this was a different person. Indeed. Yes. Yes. So uh, Joe Harris, he's done a bunch of stuff, man. He's uh, a prolific, prolific writer. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not not super familiar, but I the stuff I've seen is a lot of uh, like Marvel and DC stuff, maybe. So, uh, mm. you know, I'm sure it's great. Yes. All right. Let's talk about this book then. So this takes place in Japan. It mm-hmm. it takes place on Fukushima, which is the place that had the nuclear power plant meltdown a few years ago. It is now a horrific landscape of nuclear mutated animals not really just some butterflies apparently they're very pretty but there may be some uh some ghost murderous samurai yes yes okay right off the bat do you think there is a connection between the butterflies and the samurai hmm that's interesting i would say yes uh, but only because there's like in, a large influx of butterflies into this area when uh, when the samurai comes in. 
Yes. Uh, I, I agree as well. Uh, I don't know how that jibes with, um, you know, kind of after the dude gets his head chopped off, the butterflies seem to like change in appearance and they're all sketchy and black and, and whatnot. So I, you know, that's, I'm not sure what's going on with that, but you know, they, at least initially they're surprised by how many there are and and none of them are deformed. Um, Yes. So uh, it's good that you have me a, a, an expert in mythological symbology that can give you a little bit of background on butterfly symbolism. Mm. Because, as you know, Travis, butterflies aren't born butterflies. They're born as caterpillars. And then they undergo this, this metamorphosis. They cocoon themselves and turn into butterflies. So that's kind of the symbology of, of a butterfly. It's, it's like a transitional period, like a time of change. Uh, a time of, I don't know about enlightenment, but like change in yourself. So if you start seeing like a bunch of butterflies, it can mean there's like big things coming your way. Okay. Doesn't mean good or bad, just big things coming your way. And, uh, and I think that kind of fits. I mean, I don't think we know enough about where the story's going to make a, a clear cut connection between the butterflies and everything, just based on what we see in the panels. Um, because and on the cover of the next issue, and on the cover of the next issue, but most of the issue doesn't focus on the samurai, right, or the butterflies, or what's going on. It mm-hmm. focuses on Disaster Inc., which is like a travel group, like uh, 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 for for people that want to go to places that they are not supposed to be in, right? So so we learn about our cast of characters, kind of like you would. In like a like a 1990s teen horror uh, movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I did a little like, like a very brief kind of Google search, and you know, I, I think that disaster tourism is actually a real thing. Yes, you know, so like generally, it seems like they go to, for instance, you know, sites of volcanoes or something. You know, mm. like people wear a lot of people have died and you know, I don't know like I saw something about like people that that go and tour concentration camps or something like so you know it is an interesting kind of thing to explore in a book about you know why do people want to go and see this stuff and you know it seems like kind of to to your point there's kind of a diverse cast of characters in this, and I, I would assume they're there for different reasons. Hmm. You know? Yes. I, I mean, I would go as, <clears throat> as far as to say that some of the reasons, at least for a large portion of this group, is to escape their shady past. Because so you have that one guy, the Norwegian guy and his girlfriend, like, he's he's a total loser, right? He he's like basically born into money and he's running this company to the ground. And instead of actually trying to fix it, he just like travels around the world spending money, right? Instead of focusing on on the company. Uh the the girl that shows up, like she's she's kind of sketchy. Super shady. Super shady, right? Like just the way that she speaks to people, like she's obviously putting her front her her little traveling buddy is uh did you ever see the movie the imposter 
Actually, it's a documentary, The Imposter. He's like the guy from The Imposter, where like he just takes over people's identities, and like that's pretty clear to me here. Like he's had several identities. He's got like multiple children, multiple wives. Like the identity he's got now is just like squeaky clean, right? Like no record or anything. Uh, why are these people just like traveling around? Like they're all sketchballs. I I mean I I think there that is interesting. Obviously, is that a lot of these people seem like they're they're being set up to be pretty sketchy and we don't really know why they're there like we know why paulo is there right like he's he's there because he's you know trying to make money by guiding these people you know into this type of destination so Mm -hmm. like i assume he has some kind of experience although it seems like this particular destination is brand new for them you know, was was kind of my sense on that. But yeah. as for why the redheaded lady who keeps her identity secret and doesn't subject to a background check, why she is there, why the kind of uh, ecological activist is there, mm-hmm. like, ooh, gotcha, you know, like, you know, nuclear power is dangerous. <laughs> Newsflash, you know, like, we definitely, I need to go there in person to establish that you know it's, i don't know that's strange even uh the the girl uh abby right yes um she, she she's not entirely straightforward like they establish that she's just there for money because she's got debts mm-hmm. but she's also got somewhat of a history that they allude to mysteriously about knowing crazy people or, you know, like there's something in her history, I think that, you know, might be connected to the debt that, that explains why she is going along with this and trying to get in with a dude who is obviously sketchy as hell. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Surely there's going to be some kind of connection to the opening sequence, right? Because when when the book starts, you have a couple of people that are researching the impact of the the nuclear waste on local wildlife, particularly these butterflies. Um, And there's going to be a reason why these butterflies are not mutated, right? And I I always found that interesting. I think there there may still be people living in uh, Chernobyl, like around that area, Mm -hmm. uh, that don't necessarily have like life-threatening mutations and there's definitely wildlife living there now right like plants have grown up in the area there's like wild uh like rabbits and wolves and all that stuff around the area uh so i find that interesting and surely there's going to be some kind of connection uh either thematically or like symbolo symbologically to this butterfly thing right i don't think any of this is just like randomly placed in the story. Um, we just don't have that information yet because they haven't given us much on the background of the story. I, yeah, I mean, my my bet is that as far as the butterflies, I feel like they're hinting that they're somehow connected to whatever is going on with the ghost samurai because, you know, they're nowhere to be found for a while, right? Or at yeah. least the ones that they find are not mutated, but then they just appear en masse right as, like, the ghost appears. Uh, 
and you know they appear then again in mass at the end so perhaps that portends you know some you know ill tidings for you know the people that are are going in now Mm. um i i also you know was your takeaway in the in the middle of the issue that the lady from the scientific expedition gets flamethrowered by Mm. the dudes in radiation suits no doubt yeah she gets messed up so i mean yeah like obviously um these people are not going to have an easy time getting out Yes. Well, that's because they like the government has these people controlled in the area, right? Like they don't want people going in to Fukushima, so they just kill on site basically. Um now what the reason is is kind of up in air right now, right? Cuz the assumption is they don't want people to take back whatever like they might catch at the the containment zone. Uh but it seems like there's definitely more to it than that. Right, because I don't know. Maybe that's that's part of the reason why these people find it so thrilling to go uh, to these areas. Yeah, I mean, it's unclear what the people that are on this trip, where they have gone before, you know. Um, but it's you know, it seems pretty straightforward as for why the authorities wouldn't want people to leave, because when you're exposed to that much radiation, you carry it with you, and you become radioactive. So. You know, the the lady who they flamethrower probably was highly radioactive uh, when she was trying to get out. Yes. Yep. Uh, I think there's just there's just too much going on and and not enough yet. Uh, I thought it was a I mean it was a good issue. I enjoyed reading it. I just wanted to know a little bit more as to what the mystery was uh, offhand, right? Because the the ghost samurai is obviously very prominent in the story. He's in the cover. He shows up in in the book for uh, you know a couple panels, um, but uh, but in terms of setting what that is up for the rest of the series, I'm not sure that it was as successful. Now I'm sure I'll be proven wrong when you know the story unfolds, right? Like that makes sense to me. Um, but I think for now we just don't have enough to uh, for me to decide how much I enjoy this yet. Yeah, that's fair. I I would point to just uh, on the subject of the samurai that they they mentioned samurai twice, right? Yes. The first first being the quote nuclear samurai that were the the old dudes who you know went into the reactor during the meltdown uh, to you know sacrifice themselves. They they called them like nuclear samurai. Uh, and then in the back matter, they talk about the history of Fukushima and that it was the site of, uh, you, you know, uh, like the last war of the samurai, um, which like ended up, I guess they lost maybe, but, but the, the emperor was returned to power at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know what the substance of that conflict was, but. I felt it was prominent to to put it in the back matter that way. Yeah, I like a lot of that stuff, and they talk about those stones that they they put, like the warning stones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we've really seen those yet, so I'd be curious to know like how that plays into the story as well. Yeah, there's a lot going on in here. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I also like I'm not 
you know, it's it's definitely early to to speculate on what they are setting up, and you know, but obviously it seems like they're they're taking a lot of time to give you reasons to be suspicious about the kind of central characters, and if that's building to something specific, or if it's just so that you know they're like scumbags and the ones that are bad, you know, deserve what they get. You know, I, we shall see. Yeah. Yep. That's true. All right. Let's rate it up then. Uh, I got to go low on this, man. I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I think I'll give it a, a 4 out of 5. Um, you know, I, I don't mind that, you know, like, there's obviously a lot of questions that it raises, um, but I, I don't mind that in in issue one, you know, it, it feels like hopefully they're setting stuff up that will be addressed. Mm-hmm. So it could be, uh, you know, adjusted up or down depending on where they're going with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Very true. All right. So uh, I guess that leaves us with this week's installment. Join the future. We have Zach Kaplan, Peter Kowalski, Brad Simpson, Hassan Osmani, Ilhao. Bam. Dream team. You're killing it with that pronunciation, man. Bro, I'm telling you. I'm like a pronunciation sensation. <laughs> uh, yeah, so issue three. Uh, I, I mean, I'm kind of glad that we just talked about this book recently because I, I feel like out of out of all the books that are coming out right now, this is the one that I feel serves me best when like I'm reading it all like back to back kind of. Right or like successively quickly enough where uh, I remember everything that's happening in the previous issue, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know this one explores a little bit uh, about this mysterious guy that just like hangs out in the woods, and and we learn a little bit more about like how this world works and and the things that people do to succeed in this world. Uh, so the girl is just out for revenge, right? And she doesn't care, like, really what happens to her. She just wants to avenge her dad's death and, and her city being destroyed. And and the traitor is just kind of like, why do you just want bullets? Like, why don't you take this laser? She's like, no, I'm going to do it my way. And and throughout the whole thing, you learn kind of like to to succeed in this world that's so advanced and, and futuristic you can't just stick to your old ways to succeed, right? Like you have to adapt the way that you see the world in order to try to fit into it, even if all you want to do is get revenge, right? Because she, if she goes in swinging with her revolver, like she's done, right? And he, he knows that. And I think, I think part of her knows that as well. Uh, but the, her point is she doesn't want anything to do with the city, and I think he, he ends up convincing her when bringing back that story when she had the asthma attack and, and went to see the, the traitor and, and got the, uh, the inhaler, right? Had it not been for that, like, she wouldn't be around, right? And I think she, she starts to realize that uh, where she maybe does need to try new things in order to get payback. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I mentioned that the last time we discussed this uh issue was kind of the the idea of what is her plan you know she's gonna fight back with traditional bullets when i feel like she sees bullets fail against the the soldiers of the city 
Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, cool, great plan. You know, like, you know, whatever. It's a suicide mission, but like, that's, you know, that's not super smart or productive or, you know, satisfying. I don't know. Like, so definitely there's a process at work in all of that for him to convince her of the idea of compromise, you know, which to your point, even her father had, had done to some extent, you know, when, when push came to shove and she was about to die, he, he was fine to compromise. Right. 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 Um, I, I am kind of curious about whether there's more going on, uh, I.e., you know, you mentioned if she went in pistols blazing with, you know, her traditional revolver that she would have been done. Mm -hmm. You know, she she ended up going in with a gun that he gave her and it failed. Right. Coincidence? Surely not. You know, like if if she had gone in with her revolver, she could have taken out a few of them before you know, they were able to, you know, hit her back unless she was just such a shit shot that she couldn't hit anybody. Well, she is a bad shot, right? Yes. But they were at at point blank range. Yes. And they, you mean the, the cops, the police, the sheriffs. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, we we don't know a lot about the traitor, right? Um, we learn a little bit about his background. He was the mayor of Wichita, who was the first city to like join the mega city. Uh, so he's he's obviously okay with. Well, let me rephrase. He's seemingly okay with giving up things in order to save himself, right? That's I think that's the way it looks like on on paper. But I do wonder, like, how much more there is to that story, right? Because those sheriffs were not at the pl- at, in Wichita, right? When when he signed off the rights to the city, mm-hmm. right? And and so there's obviously a lot more going on because if that was if he just out to save himself, why wouldn't he join the city, right? He did it to save his son because his son was sick. So I think if if we do get to see that story, we'll we'll learn a little bit more about why it is he did what he did. Uh, I think. Part of it, of why her gun failed, may be his his own plan to get back at them. Because now he he has some pull with the way he set the whole thing up, right? Because he goes in and saves her, basically, right? He's got his, like, multi-laser gun that, like, shoots multiple bullets at once or whatever. Um, he goes in and saves her, and, and he gets something in return, yes. But if he's playing the the really long game... We we still don't know his motivation, right? He he could be trying to regain his son, for example. Yeah, I mean, I, he's got some agenda. You know, I, I was curious reading it as all this is playing out, whether he is guilty for what he did. You know, uh, like obviously, it's it's kind of pointed at him as an accusation, and and she you know, kind of piles onto it. But, you know, if if he feels that in retrospect he made the wrong decision or whether all the stuff that happened would have eventually happened anyway, seems like, like a pretty, 
you know, distinct possibility. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know necessarily what all his motivations are. Um, but you know, I, I also think it's, uh, suspicious how chill all the sheriffs are Mm. with, you know, being held at gunpoint and unless there was a discussion ahead of time, like, Hey, you know, this girl is going to come. She's got a, a gun that is not going to work. Don't don't kill her because like she's going to sign on to the city and, you know, like it'll be fine. You know, like I, I don't know. I that just is not the the energy that I get from a lot of cops ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I know that that a weapon was was pointed at us and they tried to fire, but we're going to let this slide. We're not even going to draw our guns. Yeah. Yeah. But what the, what the big kind of, it could be as simple as he's like, well, you refuse to run away. So, you know, you're, you're, if you don't do that and you don't give up, you're going to die. So I'm saving you in the same way that I'm, I saved my son. Mm-hmm. It, you know, is, possible but i don't know what where they're going as far as when she gets into the city hmm. true true yeah I don't, I don't know i don't know uh i i, I like this issue quite a bit mm-hmm. uh you know there's there's been a lot of western theme in aftershock lately and i like that because uh, you know westerns are kind of an underserved uh demographic theme whatever uh, so I, I really like that. And, you know, I think if you, if you're not into that kind of story, you're not going to get like the structure of this particular issue. But there's a lot of that in Westerns, right? Where like the good guy has to kind of go off and, and do the training and, and not just Westerns. I mean, this is true of like anything like the hero's journey, right? Uh, you get this in like samurai movies where like somebody has to die for you know, the samurai or whatever to have the balls to actually get revenge right and right now she just she thinks she knows what she wants to do but she doesn't have the tools or the knowledge to be successful at it and uh and i really like that i'm not entirely sure i know if she knows what she wants to do you know like to to the point of the of this issue the sheriff is kind of says something to the effect i think of Okay, so we weren't even involved in that stuff that happens, you know, like you're coming at us, you know, we we didn't roll your farm and kill your people. Mm. You know, like this is your grand revenge strategy. Uh like I I feel like she's somewhat unfocused in, in that respect. You know, she's kind of got this kind of blind revenge quest but i am not even sure she knows who who to point it at and how to effectively embark on it Mm. but i I mean it certainly does have a montage and you know we all everybody loves a training montage yeah give me that training montage you need a montage (laughs) Uh, question for you though there's there's a scene in here where she's she's like in the wild with the trader and and those machines are just like i guess going to the city right to uh, to take it over number 1 i thought the machines were already there 
Number two, what of the machines like try to stop them? Try to stop her and the the sheriff dude yeah. or, or, or the, the traitor you mean? The traitor, yeah. I mean, maybe that's not their function, you know. Hmm. Uh, like, maybe they're not outfitted with, you know, guns and whatnot, and you know. Yeah, I, guess. I don't. I don't necessarily have a uh, a problem with that aspect, and I feel like they maybe in the last issue said something to the effect of the terraformers will be there in you know X amount of days or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and now it's like twenty four hours, so they're they're almost to the town. But they they do say they're gonna let the the trader uh, salvage it before before they roll it, right? So yes. that might even get delayed while that happens. So maybe that's part of the plan. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, like I I don't necessarily I think that the timeline may be kind of proceeding, but they're you know. They're big machines, and they're clearly doing a lot of work. So, you know, it might take a while for them to get there. Yeah. Yep, maybe. All right, what else you got on this book, man? Um, I mean, I not a ton. Um, like, I guess I'm curious about these sheriff guys and if they live out in the area where all this is happening because if so are they just you know what's what's left for them if everything gets terraformed and turned into a farm you know are they are they moving to the city now too do they live in the city well i mean they obviously work for the city right because they keep on like getting her to sign the contract uh which which i also found interesting that like even through all the even though they're forcing like destroying these towns along the way they still need some kind of like permission to for people to join. Uh, I think that's an aspect that hasn't really been explored too much in the book, uh, like the 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 bureaucracy of the mega city. Yeah, and I mean, I I feel like it's you know there there was an exchange where she's talking to the trader about what's it like in the city, and it wasn't. You know, even him, who, who, you know, maybe doesn't have a great opinion of the city, he wasn't like, oh, they're, you know, they're Nazis. And, you know, like, they, <laughs> they just kill people without without thinking about it. And, you know, he's, it, it wasn't that kind of, like, extreme situation. It was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, your options are limited, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. And and it's kind of like okay, well that seems like kind of more of a you know banal dystopia than a like you know the the thought police are gonna roll you if you think about that you don't like the city you right. know so I I just wonder how bad the city really is when it's all said and done. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. I guess. There is uh there is a little bit of that. Um I don't have anything else on this man. I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um yeah, and I, I agree. There's definitely a lot of Western energy in it. You know, like I don't know a lot about Westerns, but revenge seems to be a pretty central theme uh, or trope as far as those stories go. Um so yeah, I guess we'll 
continue to see where it goes. Yes. Uh, very good. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, I think next week we have Undone by Blood. And I'm not sure if there's anything else. Um, so we may it's be so tough week. to tell now. Yeah, it's tough, man. Because like, you can go on Comixology and get a release schedule and you get one thing. Uh, I like to use Comics List to see what the upcoming releases are. And that's got nothing in it. Uh, so I never know like what what's coming out. It's it's like a treat every week. You know what I mean? It's like, do I get comics this week or not? I don't know. We'll find out on Wednesday. Yeah, or Monday if we get the previews. Oh, that's true. That's very true. Uh, all right, so that's going to wrap up this episode of the Aftershock Central Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find Travis at The Great Magnet, and I'm at Geekvine. The show is at Aftershock Pond. We will be back at some point in the next couple weeks. Read dangerously. Read dangerously.